welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm so happy you're with us today. Seek Reality began 10 years ago now as just an audio podcast that was focused primarily on seeking and finding the truth about the glorious fact that we really do survive our deaths just fine. And for most people, uh, I have just discovered, I mean, I thought that was all we had to do, explain the fact that we do survive our deaths. But for most people, I have just basically discovered that Death is still a scary unknown, and I have trouble getting that. I'm amazed to report to you that by recent survey, more than 80% of the people in the world are still afraid to die. So now, of course, we also have SeekReality.com, where for the price of just a sandwich per month, you can feast on the endless truth. And that's one very good way for you to get past your fear of death, but there are other ways. And one very different, very positive approach, I think it's also, as I say, very, very positive approach, is something we're going to talk about today. And we have as our guest all the way from the United Kingdom to talk about this positive approach of the very delightful Sue Brain. Sue decided when she survived a light plane crash, I mean, imagine surviving a light, light plane crash, something that finally made her face up to her own mortality, that she decided she wanted to help other people to sur- to survive, who had survived their deaths, or even were just thinking about the possibility that they might not survive their deaths. She wanted to help them face up to their mortality in a positive way. So for the past 20 years, she's been doing that. She's been helping people to sort of transform their relationship with death through end-of-life research, workshops, and her books on spirituality, consciousness, and death and dying. Sue Brain has an MA in the rhetoric and rituals of death. She has a second MA in creative writing. For many years, she worked as a therapist specializing in trauma, end-of-life issues, bereavement, and grief. She currently hosts death cafes and she focuses on her work as a writer speaker and facilitator and the over the past few years sue brain has become increasingly aware of the shifts and changes that are happening to our planet this prompted her to write her latest book which is called living fully the path to spiritual well-being she posts an in conversation with sue blog which focuses on how to live consciously for a better world and she's even set up the Facebook community called Page, Page, which is called Living Consciously for a Better World. She's with us today for the third time and all the way from, you know, across what they call the pond, which is a little bit bigger than a pond. Sue, welcome once again. It's lovely to have you back with us for the third time. Oh, it's just lovely to be here with you again, Roberta. It's like coming home. <laughs> it is. We are. It is a small world we're discovering with yeah. with the wonders of Zoom. But let's now talk a little bit about what it was that finally made you decide it was time to do this and kind of make the focus of your life teaching people about what comes after this part of life. 
Yeah, it's just I I think even as a child I knew I was going to die. You know, I was I've always I was always always been aware of my mortality right from a very very small child. It's just been part of my consciousness really. But the big shift happened for me um when I survived the plane crash and it just brought me up really short about sitting beside the wreckage of the plane and that both the pilot and I had survived. Goodness knows how we did because the plane was a complete write-off, but we did. Um, and well, did you know, just, he, he was trying to land the plane and it just... Oh, yeah, he was a pilot. Yeah, I mean, we were 1,500 feet up and then the propeller just stopped going round and basically we fell out of the sky. Um, wow. What happened for us is that we were, he was, I mean, he was brilliant because he was jettisoning the fuel as we were coming down, sending out Mayday calls. And I just went into, oh my God, this is it. This is, so I started saying goodbye to everybody in my head. And then um, we were coming into, he was trying to get into a field to land, but there was a row of trees in front of us and we just hit the trees and that span us down and splattered us onto the ground. Um, yeah, and 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 the the plane plane just disintegrated around us because it was a little Cessna, so they kind of made of balsa wood, really. Um, but it was sitting oh, beside us, and I just suddenly I, I had this massive realization. Like I'm, I was living a very very hedonistic lifestyle at the time, and I didn't know. I I I would just I was just on the wrong path. And I just had this overwhelming understanding that if I didn't do something to change my life, it would have been better to have died. It was such a powerful thing. And that just completely catapulted me onto my healing journey. And that then led me to uh, all sorts of serendipitous and coincidences started happening around that time. And it was just like the universe went, oh, great, we've got her attention. Right, let's do got something. her attention. It does yeah. do that. It focuses. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. It certainly did for me. And I met, started meeting new people. And then somebody introduced me to the work of Elizabeth Kuber-Ross. And then I went and I just got on a plane and went to America because I knew, I just knew I had to go and do her training and so I, I did the training, which was the life, death and transition uh, facilitator with the with Elizabeth Cooper's organization. And that was just so profound. It was such a powerful understanding that there was something so much more than just me here. Um, and I learned a lot about, you know, that, that how if we don't if we don't open up to our spiritual quadrant, she talks about the four quadrant, the physical, the emotional and the mental. But if we don't open up to the fourth quadrant, which is spiritual, we're like a table with three legs. Oh, it, we are not stable. And whether you call that religious belief or, or spiritual belief, for me, it's spiritual, it's spiritual belief. Um, and and that was that was just like, oh, you know, that's what I've been missing all my life. And that's what up until that moment. And that just started me off on this massive journey to back to who I truly was. Yep. And through that, um, and I, I mean, I did everything from shamanism to, oh God, I mean, no stone unturned, <laughs> trained as a, a, a psychotherapist as part of my own healing journey and got very involved in trauma and understanding that, you know, when we're deeply traumatized, it's very hard for us to to connect with 
with who we truly are um only because of my own trauma i i i just i didn't i had no idea why life was so hard until i started this journey and then the sort of the layers of realization just started to unfold and i love the way a lot of um spiritual teachers talk about you know the you know finding out who you are stripping away the layers of the onion and there's always another layer there's always another layer to strip off we're always going back who am i and you think you're you you've gone back to who you truly are no no there's more there's more so it's just this amazing journey really roberta that i i just found it i find it it's just it's just everything to me finding out about the human condition and my own journey of the human condition it really is remarkable when you begin your spiritual journey it's mm. like your whole life really opens up it's almost as like as if your true life really begins The the other thing for me, it opened me up to the magic of being alive. And I, you know, I I stopped, I I came off the hamster wheel and, you know, all the greasy pole stuff. Does it matter? Yeah. And I just think that there is this magic. And I just think the universe for me is absolutely alive and it speaks to me and helps me and, you know, it, it sort of guides me along my way all the time. And it's my job to turn to the universe and work with it. Oh, That's yes. It. Yes. Mm. And, and isn't I, that wonderful? And so then you started thinking about how can I help other people begin yes. this journey? Well, I had a massive, I had a major um, mystical experience that, again, was this was after the plane crash, a couple of years after. And um, I know this sounds bizarre, but this is what happened. I was sitting on a train and um, it felt like the curtains of my forehead parted and suddenly I was, everything disappeared and I I was floating up into this. I've never experienced love like it. It was I, I don't have the language to describe it. And I sense it, this, it was very telepathic, this this presence beside me, this utter loving presence. And there, there was no judgment. There was it was just there was love. But it wasn't the love, the human love that we understand, which is always conditional. This right. just went beyond it. And it was just the most amazing experience. And I had, and and this presence just communicated to me, just said, look, you know, life is only an experience. That's all it is. And it was just like, of course. And it so that was massively life-changing for me. Again, yes. as soon as I got the teaching, it was like, you know, the, cl- the, the curtains closed and I was back on the train going, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> so I talk That's a lot wonderful. about oh, wonderful. Um, mystical experiences being in the most prosaic of situations. You can have it. You can have one walking down the street. You can have one doing the yarning. You just you can need have to be open to the possibility. Yes. Of it. That's it. Yes. Yeah. I don't know why it happened. I have no idea. I've you never open to something. it. That's why. I don't. I wasn't even aware that I was. 
but it ha- that's what happened for me. And then I started doing a lot of research into end of life experiences and near death experiences. And when I started reading a lot about near death experiences, I realized the people that die and then they come back and they tell their story, talk about this love, this love they can't put into words. And it's the same. I felt I had the same experience. It wasn't a near-death experience. It was a mystical experience. But it's the same Let's talk about NDEs because you brought them up. Yes. People who are here to tell us what happened to them never have actually died. Death is a different experience from an NDE. People who have had an NDE have gone to the astral plane. Or wherever. Yeah. I mean, you could say that or wherever. That's our true eternal home, actually. But what happens then is their silver cord has not been severed. Therefore, they can come back. During a, during an NDE that is extensive, people will often come to a place where they're told, go back. Because if you don't go back, you have, you're approaching where the dead actually are. And if you continue, your silver cord will sever. And you will not be able to go back. Roberta, I don't know about that. I I don't, because I I really don't know about that. But all I know is that people, and I've done a lot of study into this, have extraordinary experiences and they, they they are invited to come back. People believe they've died because it's so different from here. That's the thing you've had. The reason I'm saying this is for people who are watching and who don't know this. We always pause when we're doing um, these podcasts and these videos to make sure people watching understand that there is a difference. And if, if you're talking to someone who has had an NDE and they say they've died, always gently remind them that they haven't actually died because if they had died, they wouldn't be able to come back and talk about it. But a lot of people come back because they've been, they have a mission. Their silver cord hasn't been severed, fortunately, so they can come tell us about their wonderful experience in the astral plane. I think Eben Alexander, who is one of the most convincing stories I've ever heard, he's a doctor. And his book, Proof of Heaven, is lovely. He had a beautiful experience. Some Mm. people have awful experiences because their spirit guides are trying to shape them up. And they have, they even believed they went, they were in hell. All they had to say was, help, I'm in hell. And immediately they were out of that experience because they were shaped up by their spirit guide. I haven't, I've not experienced that myself. No, which is a good thing. It's pretty scary. You know, I think we all have our own experience, don't we, about what it is. It comes from our spirit guide. Yeah. Yeah. I've, 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 I'm so convinced. I've, I've read so many stories now. I've interviewed so many people about near death experiences and end of life experiences. I'm absolutely convinced life continues after we die i'm convinced of it yeah i don't even believe it i'm convinced of it yeah i mean they're very helpful they didn't come to us until the the first book about ndes was in 1976 raymond moody um i had already done my my early research into the afterlife which was done in the wonderful experiences that were received in the first part of the 20th century. And that, that, that was the the great period of 
the great deep trance mediums um, in the late 19th, early 20th century. And there were wonderful books that you could buy in, you know, for a few pennies in, in used bookstores back when I was first doing my research right out of college. And um, I had convinced myself with two years of reading those books that, of course, life continues. It was impossible for it not to be true because these these mediums were working in the southern U.S. and in, in the in London and in the in environs in your yeah. part of the world. Oh yeah. And guess what? All the experiences were the same. I read hundreds of accounts, my dear, and they were having the same experiences, but there were no duplicate reports. How is it possible that the same details, the same process, mm-hmm. the same you know, details of what was happening to these people after their deaths. It was all identical in hundreds of experiences. Now, it's interesting, the stories it is. It's impossible for it to be all the same if it's not real. So I was convinced. I was the biggest skeptic in the world. Mm. I find it very interesting now that the University of Noetic Sciences, they're doing a huge amount of research now into mediumship and into consciousness and into telepathy and what it is. And I find that fascinating and how it's feeding it to a different perception of what life, the cycle of life and death and what is death? Is it actually a birth into a different, into a different form of being? And this, I feel like it really feeds into the Buddhist belief that, you know, when we die, the personality um, it, it, this is Buddhist. The personality dies, but there is a um, that we we there's an essence of us that continues into the stream of consciousness. And then it, they believe in reincarnation that it comes back. Not everybody does, but there's certainly this this sense of that that we continue after the physical body dies. Of course, we do. There's no there's no question. I mean. Um, the, the, the stories that that the people who uh, were, were were meeting with literally do it through these deep trans mediums were meeting with their uh, uh, loved ones um, in in and and there were people in the room who were recording all of these meetings. It was just unbelievable mm-hmm. what was happening, mm-hmm. you know, in the in the in the 1910s, 1920s, and it was yeah. all being because they all believed that the science was going to, at that time, scientists would, would be investigating all of these accounts. So that was when they thought science would wake up. But of course, what they did instead was to adopt materialism as a fundamental mm-hmm. scientific dogma. And they still hold to that dogma to this day. It is changing, Roberta. There's a lot of research now being done into end-of-life experiences, particularly the whole dying experience and how people are... Um, there's a lot of evidence now of people... D- the dying not doesn't happen to everyone, but it certainly to happens to a large proportion of people that they they see, inverted commas, um, somebody who... Um, Peter and I used to call them takeaway, Peter Fennick and I. People are doing that research, but mainstream science you will not see those reports in popular science magazines they they are beginning we wrote six um academic papers and they did get published in in academic journals which is great that's the start the creationist scientists are all over it which is beautiful they're basically trying to prove that 
you know, that Jesus was real. They're investigating the Shroud of Turin, all of that kind of, of Christian scientists. Mm-hmm. They're all over that. And oh, yes, there is abundant scientific mm-hmm. proof of the whole mm-hmm. process that you and I study about what happens mm-hmm. at and after death. That's There's abundant mm-hmm. proof that it's all real, that deathbed visitors are real, that the whole process of death is real. It's beautiful. I don't think it matters as if it's real or it's subjective. What what matters is... Objectively real. That the, the, the dying person has that experience. Yes. It's real to them and it helps them to let go. And that's oh, yeah. what matters. They die much more at peace. And it also helps the relatives. I've had spoken to a lot of relatives who um who say oh do you know I, when my dad or my mum talked about you know great auntie martha coming to visit them i just felt oh that's wonderful they're not dying alone there's somebody with them and it really helped them in their grieving process so it's it's a very beautiful loving process that can go on yes yes you know, and Raymond is is right, again writing books about it. At the deathbed, yeah. visitors came. They went part. You know, they even sometimes went out of their bodies part of the way with the with, with the person who has died. Oh, such beautiful, beautiful stories yeah. we're hearing about what happened. And we've got terminal lucidity, and that's being studied. Oh, yes, yes. very exciting. My dear, how beautiful all of this is! What a wonderful time for us to be able to teach all of this. Well, I think it's just about sharing stories, and that's what the death cafes enable people to do. They yeah, enable talk people. about death cafes. Tell people what that. Oh, is okay. All about. So I don't know if you've got them in the states. You must have, but um, I don't know. It, I, I'm not part of it, so I'm excited to have you. Oh, talk. okay. So the death cafe movement was started by John Underwood back in 2011, and he he just had this vision. He was a Buddhist, and he just wanted to help us all to talk better about death and dying. So he's, he was the first one in the UK to start up a death cafe, which he did with his mum, who she was a, um, a psychotherapist. And they started it, the first one in her house in London. And he just brought people together to talk about death. That was all. There's no, there's no teaching. There's no, there's nothing. It's just take your label off show up as a human being and let's talk about what's really important let's talk about death and dying and they are the most amazing spaces to explore your relationship with death and to share your stories with other people who also have shown up to do the same thing so there's no shutting down or oh, don't don't talk about this morbid or why are you saying that you know it's none of that it's just Absolutely, everybody shows up to it to share their stories and their their belief systems and their fears even about death and dying. And when they've done that, when they've had their their when they've heard each other, when they've come together and they've had that conversation, they just go away. You can see people's faces transforming. Fascinating. So it really helps them to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So there's the, the Death Cafe movement basically started from this one meeting in London and it's internationalized right across across the world. Um, and anybody, anybody can start up a death cafe. You've just got to sign up. And if you just go on to if you want to do that, sign up and you go deathcafe.com. 
deathcafe.com. That's the website. And there's a whole, it's guidance. There's no rules. The only thing that they ask you not to do is not to sell any products and to own your story. That's that's the only thing. It's not there as a sales thing or to push your belief system. It's there as a as a conversation about let's share our experiences together about end of life and death and dying. So amazing stories come to the Death Cafe and people will often say, I have never spoken about this before. I've never had I've never known where to take this story or I've never I've I've always felt embarrassed to say that I had this mystical experience or this is what happened when I was sitting beside my mum. This is so fascinating to me because Craig and I have always Craig Hogan is sort of my partner in doing this work. We've always thought the only way to help people is for them to know the whole truth, because I mean, I'm totally unafraid to die. I, I've, I've always I think after I had my experience of light when I was eight years old, um, I I always knew that there's something eternal going on. But I still was a little bit afraid until I spent those two years researching uh, all that old evidence. And then after those two years, I said, it's obvious that light goes on. And I never was afraid after that. But Craig also has done a tremendous amount of research. And we always felt that the only way really to get rid of the fear of death was to put all the evidence in one place and give people full access to it and mm. and it takes really we thought it we just have to overwhelm people with the evidence and so we have seekreality.com we teach people and and when people People have told us it takes, you know, you have to really immerse yourself. People who've been through our system say, yeah, after a year or two, I, I was never afraid again. I get it. I totally get it. You're right. And and then they go on happily with their lives and they communicate with us every so often. So we always felt that was the only way to do it. And mm. so you just have a whole different way to do it. And they don't have to understand that their life is eternal 100%. In my experience, I mean, when you're learning, it's a different way to do it. I, you have to. It's. It, I think it's. You can be taught. You can be told anything, but it's about, isn't it? It's about you're only ready to take it on board when you're ready, and that can be mean that you're very young and you get it, and you just go, "No, I'm. I, I get this." And some people, you know, they're on the deathbeds and they get some it. Some people are not ready. You're right. They they. Maybe they go to a death cafe and they say, okay, maybe I'm ready to go seek reality now and really immerse myself in it. Hmm. But I'm not ready yet. I'm going to go to a death cafe and nibble at it. Or just share their story. I think that's, for me, it's about being heard, isn't it? It's this sense of other people listening to you and just going, yeah. Rather than being closed down, or or or, and what you I love about somewhere. is there's right. no teaching. There's not. There's no. I just very very gently hold the space for any any conversation to arise, as long as it's to do with end of life and death and dying. Right, right. And and, and the model is it's an it's two, a two hour conversation. So I run them on Zoom, and I also run them. Well, I used to run them in person. I run them on Zoom. And it's just this, you can just see the relief 
of people going, God, I'm actually, it's okay to say this. You know, I'm not crazy no, or I, no. you know, I've had this very weird experience. My grandfather died and I, I, you know, he visited me and on the, at the moment of his death, I felt him sitting on the bed beside me or, you know, I felt or the phone rang or all these weird experiences that can happen, these coincidences that can happen. And, and I've never said this yeah. before, but this is what happened. And I, I, and I get it, the emails. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't do cafes, but I, I sort of am a death cafe because I, I, at the end of these podcasts, I always invite emails. And so I get them fairly frequently from people who will say, this happened to me. Am I crazy? Because basically they say there's some variation of that. And they say, no, you're not crazy. This happens a lot to people that they, they get that phone call or, uh, and no one's there, or they get that phone call and someone was there and it's mom who says I'm fine or whatever. Um, Yeah. Or something, they, the phone, it's sort of like that, the moment of death and they know that person's dying and they may be, they may be in Australia and then they know they kind of they feel like they've been visited told and then phone goes half an hour later to tell them they've died at the time this person right. has visited you know in literally appears and usually Sometimes. they're just high Sometimes. and you know it was mom and she was smiling I didn't she didn't speak I, yeah. I just saw her face and yeah. it is that was I crazy no that's common it happens a lot it, it is common that's the whole point it's common yes. and i think you know it isn't unusual to ha- it's it's not unusual to have a mystical experience like i did it's not unusual we think yes. it is but it isn't and if we can just open up to this something more than just me they need a place to say that and so that's what your death cafe really is I, I just think it, it I, I call it when God walks into the room, I there's some, there there's something happens in a death cafe that is it's magical. It's just delightfully magical. That's that's all I can say. There's something else happens when people are talking about something that's about so profound about the human condition. Give you a please again, it's death cafe deathcafe.com and anybody can run a death cafe but it, if you want to do it that's great but do look at the at, read the um, criteria first on the deathcafe.com website there's a it's very clear the structure of the death cafe it's not it's really important to understand this is not a teaching thing it's a facilitation of a space that anybody can come and talk about end of life in any way they want to there's no pushing of any belief systems or anything like it's just this is what i believe and somebody might say well actually this is what i believe no right no wrong that's just the conversation Hmm. but if you've had experiences that you wish you could share with someone what a great place to get validated that other people may have had similar experiences and you can yeah. I, I think that's a great thing. That's really great. Yeah. I never really understood what they were. I've heard of them, of course, and and uh, so that's great. That's a great mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And and um, I read your your book. I think your book is delightful, and uh, it's not too long. We all love shorter books. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and uh, it's a it's a great place to um, kind of also 
sort of get some of your beliefs and and experiences a little bit validated so that you can begin to grow and and grow into that space. Um, My book, my first book in this space was The Fun of Dying, which is a very good book to read if you're in a crisis situation, um, especially because um, people who suddenly need to learn a lot about uh, death uh, tell me that they read it and it kind of made so much sense to them quickly, which they needed. Suddenly they had someone who was dying and they needed to understand a lot of stuff quickly. The fun of dying is very good for that. And it has Mm -hmm. enough background information that you can read later that, uh, that, that helps you uh, to, to fill in that space too. But there are a lot of good books. There's a lot of good information. um, Yeah that the, in this field, you don't need to be ignorant about death and you certainly should not be ignorant about death. Um, mm. I think I have been deficient in teaching about death just because it's an area where, since I don't have any fear at all, mm. I forget. Um, people might be interested. I did a TEDx talk about wearing your mortality with pride. And you can, if you look me up, Sue Brain, um, on the TEDx, it's TEDx, TEDx Talks. Um, that might also be something that people might be interested in is, is just looking at the importance of living until we die. Um, that death is, you know, um, you know, let's mortality isn't about death. It's about actually it's about life. So, as I said, people might be interested in, in listening. It's only 12 minutes long or something, 12, 14 minutes long. And her, her last name is spelled B-R-A-Y-N-E. Good to know. E R A Y N E. Yes, and and her and that's her website too. My website is suebrain.co.uk. All of this will be, um, by the way, with with the materials for this episode, so that you don't have to um, worry and you know drive off the road as you listen. Um, I always worry about that. So this will all be with the materials with this for this episode, um, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, Well, we're coming toward the end of our time. What do you want people to know based on what we've said today? Because we've talked about a lot of things. I didn't know how many people are still afraid of death. This is something you deal with, but I haven't been dealing with it very well. What I would say to anybody these days is just find ways to embrace your mortality. You know, you are going to die. That is guaranteed. You were born and you are going to die. And we never know when that's going to happen. When the clock runs out, that's your time. So, you know, it's just about making the very best of the time that you have. And if you're struggling, please find help. That's all you need to do is reach out. There will be somebody there for you to help you along your journey. But I say that to everybody now is just embrace your mortality and just live the best, the best you possibly can with who you are and your the circumstances that you find yourself in. And I just give grateful thanks every day, every day. You give thanks for what? For each moment of life? For just 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 being here, waking up in the morning, not being in pain or, you know, the fact I'm in a warm bed. I have, you know, my house, um, my age, <laughs> I've just turned 70, you know, that kind of thing. I'm just so grateful just to be 
to have this time to be conscious of being so alive, especially in these times of monumental change across the planet. And we don't know how that's going to unfold. We don't. But, you know, it's it, and it's about being as present as we possibly can be. And I just believe in feeding the zeitgeist with as much positivity as I possibly can. Um, and that I feel is my job is to is to age and die as well as I can and to die. For, I want to die consciously. I want to be really present when I die. So that's my I look at that as my that my next step, my next dying. This is, you know, I've tipped. I've gone down. the. I'm going down the slopey hill <laughs> towards. But for me, it's like another adventure it isn't a, it isn't an ending for me that's what i believe it's a, another amazing adventure that i'm going to be stepping into when my time comes beautifully said thank you so much for being with us my dear so happy to have you here and we'll have you back and i think you're now going to be our expert on this since i'm <laughs> a pretty lousy expert on death uh, it's something i'm I never think about, I'm not familiar with, um, I'm, um, I, I think about life all the time, but I never think about death and I don't teach about it. I should, I really should. And I appreciate very much your, your looking at that side of it for me. Thank you. Big hug. And everyone, again, we've come to the end of our time. This has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. I'm so happy you could be with us today. Please never forget, you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began, you never will end. And when you really get what that means, it changes everything, everything in your life for the better. Next week, our guests will be Carol and Mikey Morgan, and they're going to be with us for the 21st time. I think by now, most people who have are used to seek reality as part of your lives. No, Mikey's story. He's a genuine sixth level being who last lived on earth in the 1600s. And he became so concerned about the way things are going on earth. Pretty, pretty awkwardly. I think at this point, he took a, a voluntary, voluntary, completely optional earth lifetime. And he became a hero by doing it that ended in 2007 when he was only 20 so he could teach us and answer our questions with the help of his mother carol and when i first heard mikey's story in 2011 i did not believe him for one minute no siree i have tested mikey though exhaustively over the past dozen years and through hundreds of questions he's never made a single mistake in fact he often, when he answers my questions, takes me a little bit farther and answers some question I wasn't sure about the answer to. He clearly knows a lot more than I do, and I have spent 50 years researching the afterlife. So we are just delight, delighted, and I have to say we are highly honored to have Mikey as our seek reality guest fairly often now i don't believe i'm amazed that he is willing to come and be our guest repeatedly and whenever you think of a question you'd like to ask ask mikey you just send it to me through the green contact block and as i say i am honored that mikey is willing to come and answer his questions here 
Again, he will be with us next week. Sooner or later, he'll find a bigger venue. But until then, he is willing to come and be our guest. Please be sure to join us next week. These visits from Carol and Mikey are always a lot of fun. I he he laughs with us, but this every time he comes and acts like a, a little kid, he just to understand this is a very, very big star. Once I asked Thomas how far above him, and he's a fifth level being, Mikey actually is, and he said, Well, where I'm standing right about now in the afterlife. I can look up and I can see a star far above me. And that's about where Mikey is. So I have to tell you, I'm kind of amazed. He's still willing to talk to us. <clears throat> this week, Sue Brain has been with us for the third time. Sue has an MA in the Rhetoric and Rituals of Death. She hosts several death cafes each year. Now I know what a death cafe is. I think it's a great thing. Her most recent book is Living Fully, Dying Consciously, The Path to Spiritual Well-Being, and we don't talk much about the D word here on Seek Reality, but we should, because at this point, death is such a natural and joyous continuation of this life for me that I just assume that everyone must see it as I do, but apparently I'm wrong about that. So today, Sue Brain has helped to take us back to where our Seek Reality roots are 10 years ago. For those who still see death as in any way fearful, I've been talking here with someone who really knows what she's talking about. And we're very grateful to her for helping us with that. I think that I, I was thinking as she was giving her, she was giving us what she's grateful for. And what am I grateful for? Um, what I'm most grateful for is the opportunity to give you what I've been given, which is the, the right, the joy to give you each week what God has given me the opportunity to do, which is to answer the questions I've been I've spent my life asking him. And he's given me those answers directly through the Lord, the given, the risen Christ. And I am giving you as truly as I possibly can the answers that Jesus has given me. And every answer that I give you is an answer that Jesus has given me directly. And that's what I'm most grateful for. And one thing I should perhaps mention to you now is that after 10 years of my saying that Soup Reality is only audio because your host, as you can see, has a great face for radio. This is our second Seek Reality audio and video podcast, and we have bowed to the inevitable yes and joined the modern era, and I promise to try to grow old, at least somewhat presentably. I actually have put on lipstick and combed my hair. And now, of course, it's also time once again to mention that Seek Reality Online is your one-stop resource for all things afterlife. Just go to seekreality.com and start to learn for yourself that your own reality really, really and truly is eternal. Learn the ultimate truth from Craig Hogan, who is your ultimate worldwide expert. I'm not. He is on all things afterlife. And teachingsbyjesus.com is its new sister website and your single resource for all the beautiful divine truths that are brought to us in perfect love by the greatest teacher of all, Master Jesus, the eternally risen Christ. Now it really is Jesus's turn. Christianity, the religion that was created by the Roman Emperor Constantine and not by Jesus, finally is dying. 
so the genuine teachings of Jesus can at last come alive. Teachingsbyjesus.com is the Lord's own entirely religion-free website made by Jesus in perfect love for you. Also, most of you, I think, know by now that my nonfiction books are Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Forever, The Fun of Living Together, and The Fun of Loving Jesus, Embracing the Christianity that Jesus Taught. It's about time. For young children, there's the fun of meeting Jesus, and you can order all these books through bookstores or on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and most of all, the, the adult books are also available as audiobooks, all but the last one, and I'm, I'll get around to doing that one too. If you want to talk about anything at all, just contact me through the green contact block on robertagrimes.com. I do answer every email, but I get so many that it can take me a couple of weeks at this point. Just please give give me your correct email address, because if you don't, um, you're never going to get an answer because something, sometimes my emails bounce. I'll try twice, but if you truly give me your wrong email address, you'll never get an answer. I'm so sorry. All of the more than 500 past episodes of Seek Reality and Audio are available to you wherever audio podcasts can be found. And you can listen to new episodes in audio each week with the Seek Reality app that you can find for free wherever apps are available. And meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy and make the most of this coming week in our one, one sacred reality, always knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being, and you, most of all, in this whole universe, you are infinitely, eternally, and perfectly loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.